What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wolves of Investing podcast. This podcast was originally aired as a video on the Wolves of Investing YouTube channel. As always, we are not financial advisors. This content is based on opinions presented as is without warranty for entertainment purposes only. This is not financial nor any other kind of professional advice. Investments and securities involve risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This is not a securities offering. Please seek advice from a professional before making any financial decisions. The 1970s inflation was the worst rise in inflation that the United States has experienced in the past 50 years. In this period, the Federal Reserve also dramatically raised rates to over 17% in 1980 to combat inflation. In this video, I'm going to go over what stocks and other assets did well during the 1970s inflationary period. Specifically, I'm going to look at how these investments did from the end of 1976 to the end of 1980, when inflation rose from 5.8% to 13.5% for total inflation of 44.8%. And the Fed raised interest rates from 4.87% to 17.61%. And if we're entering a similar period, then I think that the end of 1976 may coincide with the end of 2021. First, we're gonna take a look at how the S&P 500 did. Second, we're gonna take a look at gold and silver. Third, we're gonna take a look at oil stocks. Fourth, we're gonna look at real estate in the form of equity REITs. And finally, we're going to look at how various well-known individual stocks did during that time period. And some stocks that did surprisingly poorly. And I'm also going to share with you what I've done in my portfolios to hedge against inflation. All this right after... I am not a financial advisor. This video is for entertainment purposes only. Learn to invest like a wolf at your own risk. What's up everyone? Welcome back to my channel, Wolves of Investing. My name is Donnie Nguyen and I'm the founder of Wolves of Investing. If you're new, my channel is primarily about investing for growth. If you wanna learn how to achieve financial freedom through investing, be sure to click on that subscribe button and notification bell if you haven't yet. And please remember to drop a like on this video if you enjoy it as it truly helps out the channel. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So the S&P 500 rose from 107.46 at the close of 1976 to 135.76 at the end of 1980 for a return of 26.3% before dividends. If we add in dividends, I estimate that the total return was more like 50% or so, which would have kept up with the 44.8% total inflation. But for the purpose of this video, we're going to use the return of 26.3% for the S&P 500 before dividends as a baseline. Next, let's take a look at how gold and silver did. The spot price of gold rose from $135.70 per ounce at the end of 1976 to $591.30 per ounce at the end of 1980 
for a total return of 335.7%. The spot price of silver rose from $4.38 per ounce at the end of 1976 to $15.65 per ounce at the end of 1980 for a total return of 257.3%. So clearly, gold and silver did very well against inflation and against the S&P 500 during that time. Next, we're going to look at how oil stocks did, specifically ExxonMobil and Chevron. ExxonMobil rose from $3.35 at the end of 1976 to $5.04 at the end of 1980 for a return of 50.4% before dividends. Chevron rose from $5.13 at the end of 1976 to $12.44 at the end of 1980 for a return of 142.5% before dividends. So clearly, these two oil giants handily beat the S&P 500 in that time period. Next, we're going to look at how equity REITs did. I'm using equity REITs as a proxy for real estate. And equity REITs, as opposed to mortgage REITs, typically own the properties. So that's why I'm specifically focusing on equity REITs and not mortgage REITs. According to NAREIT, the FTSE NAREIT Equity REIT Index produced a total return of 128.2% from the end of 1976 to the end of 1980. So clearly, equity REITs beat inflation and the S&P 500 during that time. Next, we're going to look at how some well-known individual stocks did from the end of 1976 to the end of 1980. Specifically, we're going to look at the components of today's Dow Jones Industrial Average stocks that were around in the 1970s. As you can see from this table, 16 of the 30 Dow Jones stocks were publicly traded in 1976. Out of these 16, four of them clearly beat the S&P 500 before dividends. I'm not including J&J since it only beat the S&P 500 by 2.1%, whereas the other winners truly dominated. So of the four big winners, Boeing did the best, soaring 344.9% from the end of 1976 to the end of 1980. Walmart was second place, returning 300%. Intel was number three with a return of 162.5%, and Walgreens was number four with a return of 114.3%. What really surprised me was that JP Morgan lost 0.6% during that time. It's surprising because you would think that banks would be huge beneficiaries from the Federal Reserve raising rates, which should increase the net interest income of banks and be a huge windfall for them. And JP Morgan wasn't the only bank whose stock price performed poorly. Wells Fargo also returned a mere 0.84% during that time. All right, so how am I using this information in my own portfolio to prepare for inflation? First, I bought an out-of-the-money call option on the iShares Silver Trust ETF, ticker SLV, which represents 
silver. The SLV ETF is currently trading in the low 20s. If we are entering a prolonged period of rampant inflation, I think that the SLV could go to $40 or higher. This is one of my higher risk trades that I don't expect to pay off without huge inflation. But if it does, I'll make over 400% if SLV rises to $40. And if it doesn't, then worst case, I lose the premium I paid for my option in two years if I let it expire worthless. The second thing I did was add an oil stock called EOG Resources to my portfolio. EOG is one of the largest producers of oil in the United States. For those of you who have been following my channel for a while, you know that I'm not a big fan of oil stocks since I'm bullish on the electric vehicle industry long term. But since I'm very underweight oil in my portfolio, I decided to take a small position in EOG as an inflation hedge. The third thing I did was continue to add to my existing equity REIT positions, Realty Income Corp and Extra Space Storage. With or without inflation, I plan on holding these two REITs long term. So it wasn't a huge change to my portfolio. Based on the massive returns that Boeing displayed, I researched other stocks related to the aerospace industry or air travel. And I found that Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, and Southwest Airlines also did very well from the end of 1976 to the end of 1980. Because of this, I added Lockheed Martin as a new position to my portfolio. Lockheed's been on my radar for a long time and pays a dividend, so I decided to finally add it to my portfolio. Because Walmart did so well, I took a look at Target and found that Target didn't have the same success, returning only 13.8% versus Walmart's 300%. Because of these mixed results, I think that Walmart might do well if we have high inflation again, but I can't rely on its industry peers to do the same. Because Intel did so well, I decided to take a look at AMD. And to my surprise, I found that AMD did way better than Intel with a stock price return of 511.7%. I already own AMD, so I plan to just hold AMD for now. I don't own Intel yet, but I will keep it on my watch list. And finally, because Walgreens did well, I decided to research how CVS and Rite Aid did. And they also beat the S&P 500 during that time. Because of this, I decided to add CVS to my portfolio. The reason I chose CVS over Walgreens is because CVS acquired Aetna a few years ago. Aetna is one of the leading health insurance companies in the United States. I've had Universal Health stock on my watch list for a long time, but I never got the entry price that I wanted. And I think that Aetna could be flying under the radar as a CVS subsidiary and could potentially help the stock produce very good returns. All right, so those were some of the moves I made in my portfolio. Of course, there's no guarantee that we'll see massive inflation the next several years as we did in the 1970s, and even if we do, 
there's no guarantee that these stocks and asset classes will do well again. But to quote Mark Twain, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. All right, so thank you for making it to the end of my video. If you want more insights into my portfolios, or if you wanna just support the channel, be sure to check out my Patreon. A link is in the video description. And as always, a huge thank you to the awesome patrons that have already joined. And also, be sure to check out my free Discord to talk about stocks and other investments with other members of the Wolves of Investing community. A link is also in the video description. All right, so let me know what you think about inflation. Are we headed for massive inflation like we had in the 70s? Drop me a line in the comments. Be sure to leave a like on this video before leaving. Thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.